All right, welcome to the Red Triangle Sports Podcast, Blue Mountain Edition. Um, I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski. Not really sure how this one's going to go tonight. Um, we, as a th- trio here, um, we've spent the last half hour debating the biggest topic in the league in the week, and we're all just trying to figure out what exactly the Choo Choo Malloy Boys means. So, uh, <laughs> trying to figure that out with me tonight here are Shane Stein. Good to be here, Matt. And Kyle Schmer. Hey, I'm happy to be talking baseball and uh, excited just to see where this podcast goes. Kyle, what what is a choo-choo Malloy boy? Hey, I was sworn to secrecy <laughs> long ago, so I will not be sharing Tom's secret. Um, <laughs> kind of a little bit takes me back to the college video, Rack'em Willie. <laughs> For those that know Rackham Willie, talking so about the choo choo train. Choo choo train. Yeah. So Tom, <laughs> Tom, let us know. We got to know what the what the choo choo Malloy boys are. We're dying to find out. I also want to want to know what's good with Tom's co-owner, Dave. Is, is he still? Uh... Is Dave around? Dave's alive. He's, well, uh... I, I figured he was alive. <laughs> yeah. He. Uh, I mean, he lives with Tom, so um, I know he still has some say in. What's going on? Because Tom uh, <clears throat> pushed me over to texting Dave about your Donna Ventura long ago. I'm glad that didn't go anywhere because he's a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's missing a couple screws up top there. Um, all right, so we're going to start out with trivia as usual. Shane's got a trivia question for us. So let's uh, go ahead and let's ease into this one because I think we got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, I think I'm going to hit you with a... A decently tough one. Uh, we'll see what happens here. Um, Jonathan VR is on pace for 57 stolen bases this year. The only mate player in Major League Baseball on pace for a 50 stolen base season. There are 11 active players that have had at least one 50 stolen base season. I'm going to give you one of them. It is Willie Tavares. I didn't know he was still active. so He can't be active still. Um, evidently he still is. <laughs> I don't know where. But he had one of them. So there are 10 other guys that are active that have had a 50 stolen base season. Can you name them? All right. Um, I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, you would. Jacoby Ellsbury. Ellsbury's done it three times. Yeah. 70 stolen bases is high in 2009. Shane, let me just say, this is a great question. I'm actually excited for this one. Yeah, I know, I know you're a big little, stolen base fan, so. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> um... I feel like I'm going to be wrong right off the bat, but uh, Rajay Davis. He does have one. In 2010, he had 50 stolen bases on the dot. Nice. Let's go. D. Gordon. D. Gordon has had two. He had stole 64 in 2014 and 58 last year. Kyle, let me just say, and you might know this better, I don't think Billy Hamilton has done it, but we'll see. I was going to say him next. I'm pretty sure he did. All right, say it then. Billy Hamilton. He's done it twice. Okay. Uh, the past two years, he had 56 and then 57 last okay. year. All right. So we got four. We both owned him at one point. We did. We traded him within like two weeks of each other. Yeah. All right. I'm not regretting it, are you? No. Um, Alex Rodriguez. Does not have a 50 stolen base season. No. Okay. I don't think 50, no. What do I know? Yeah. I'll say it. Jimmy Rollins. He's not on the list. Never stole 50 yeah. bags. Some big names out there, though. Alright, so. You gotta be thinking outfield and middle infield, obviously. I don't think there's any third baseman. Out there, and I don't think there's any first baseman. Um, you would be correct in your assessment. Yeah. And as much as we all thought JT Realmuto might steal 10, 10 bases <laughs> this year, I don't think he's ever gotten 50. So, um, Did Trout ever get there? Um, I don't think so. Mike Trout. 
Mike Trout's high is 49. That's, <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> um, what about Brett Gardner? Brett Gardner's high is 49. That's ridiculous. Come on. <laughs> How do you even know that? Because I was looking at the numbers today. <laughs> <laughs> looking for the cutoffs. So, some big names what out here on the board, fellas. What about uh, Gomez or Gonzalez? Were either of them up there? I bet, I bet Carlos Gomez is on that list. Go ahead, you can take it. Gomez? Carlos Gomez is not on the list. All right, cool. Gonzalez. Gonzalez is not on the list as well. I'm assuming you mean Cargo. Yeah, yeah. I didn't Unless think. there's another Gonzalez. There's not. There is not. But I'm, I was just just assuming. What about Ryan Braun? No, stop. He said big names. Brandon Phillips is not on the list. His big year was that one year we talked about. Yeah, I didn't remember what the number was. And I feel like we're gonna get some backlash. Uh, from um, some Elvis people. Andrews. He's not on the list. You guys are missing the guy that's active that has the most in one season. trying to think about who's facts um he it's not currently playing for a, a major league team but he made some big headlines today oh Ichiro no well Ichiro is probably on that list though Ichiro is on the list he stole 56 in 2001 right all right so we got five right yes five more someone else made some big headlines today as well Who made headlines today? What about Ben Revere? He's not on the list. His high is 48. <laughs> I believe it is. <laughs> is it really? I, I'm not positive, but I believe it's somewhere around there. What about Granderson? He ever yeah, I was just going to ask Granderson, but I don't... Not Granderson. All right, well, I'll give you I'll give you that one. Jose Reyes was designated for assignment uh, today. Oh, yeah. Uh, came back from his suspension. Rocky sent him. Designated him right away. Yeah, that's that's not a fair he one. He did it four times. 78 in 2007, 64 in 2006, 60 in 2005, and 56 in 2008. So four straight years he had. Um, yeah. Did McCutcheon ever do 50? Yeah. What about Marte? I don't think so either. All right. I'm gonna have to cut you guys off soon. Uh, we're running out of show. <laughs> we, we, get, we get till the ten minute mark, and that we got a minute and forty seconds left. Alcides Escobar. He's not on the list. Desmond Jennings. He's not on the list. He's fast. Ian Desmond. He's not on the list. <laughs> Wow, we're bad. We are bad. Michael Bourne. There he we is go. on the list. He did it three times. 61 in both 2009 and 2011. And 52 in 2010. Three straight years. Nice. Good job, pal. Thank you. It took a while, but I got one. <laughs> ben Revere's high is 49, by the way, as well. Okay. That's sweet. That's ridiculous. What about Borges? No. Uh, never, never enough time? No. He was always a guy that he had for steals. Review, are they recent at least? Can you tell us that? Are some of them recent. Um, out of the three that are left, the most recent one is in 2014. Okay, so yeah. Wow. That's recent. The other two are not, are not recent. How high did Drew Stubbs get? Drew Stubbs. He's not on there. Alright. 48. <laughs> I don't have his in front of me. Why would you? Well, He's irrelevant. Since this is pretty embarrassing, I'm going to go with my best player, Jose hold on, Altuve. Hold on. We're I got the, another one. We're at the 10 minute mark. Jose Altuve had 56 two years ago. Alright, what about Carl Crawford? Carl Crawford did it four times. Let's go. <laughs> 60 in 09, 58 in 06, 55 in 03, and 50 in 07. All right, who's the last one? Last one. I can't believe you guys didn't think of this. 
But Hanley Ramirez, Ew. 51 twice. Back-to-back years in 06 and 07. All right, that was brutal. Um, I knew that I revoked your trivia privileges for a reason. <laughs> I feel like you guys have been probably like looking up home runs and stuff. No, I haven't. Trying to hit me with a big one. I haven't been doing any research. So I'm trying to just, go off the wall. No, I haven't been doing research just for the integrity of the trivia portion. But um, <laughs> maybe I need to study a little bit for next week's show. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. All right. I'm sure. I'm sure Bino and Frank will have something to say to me, like they did last time. We took a while, so did they? Shout out to you guys. Come on the show and do it, man. What did they, What did they have to say about it? They just said it was embarrassing that we couldn't even strike out people. I actually thought that one was was a lot easier than than, than it turned out to be as well. All right. Well, let's get into what's going to be the guts of the show here. Um, three-way deal went down I think was it last night yep yesterday sometime um, I'm going to use Zach's league message to break down the deal just because it's easier than the four trades that went through um, Zach receives Adam Jones Cole Hamels and Erodis Viscano um Sure receives Miguel Cabrera and Joe Ross and Alex Gordon. And Day receives um, a second round minor pick and Marcel Ozuna. I think I got everybody in the deal. Did I get everybody? It sounded like uh, it. I think Ender Enciarte is in this deal as well. Um, yeah, he's not really a factor in the deal, I, I don't believe. <laughs> I think he went to Day. I think that was more of a. Salary dump. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was a feeling like they need to click someone to get the trade to go through. Sometimes okay. the app is finicky, I think. Okay. okay. Um, so the big names to move, Adam Jones, Cole Hamels, Arotis Viscano go to Zach, uh, Miguel Cabrera, Joe Ross to Schur, Marcelo Zuna, and a second rounder to Josh. Alex Gordon's kind of a throw-in since we don't know when he's going to come back. And then... Same thing with NCRT. Um, this trade's kind of up in the air right now. It did get seven um, objections. And because of the fact it was a three-way deal, seven is a majority for this. So not really sure what's going to happen. Still waiting for a ruling from everybody. Um, which one of you wants to take the ball first here? <laughs> Go ahead, Shane. <laughs> uh, well, clearly this this caused a, a stir around the league in the past 24 hours. Um, as usual, anytime big names are moving, um, there's obviously going to be a lot of chatter about it. Um, I think, I guess we'll jump right into it. I think the reason that this one got so many objections is because I have a feeling that everyone thinks that the Brave Boys didn't really get enough in return. Um, at least that's what, that's what I'm speculating. Uh, they give up... Four pretty good players in Miguel Cabrera, uh, Cole Hamels, Joe Ross, and then they, they give away a closer. And really they get back is Marcelo Zuna and they get the second rounder back. Um, I, just, I just feel like giving away those four players doesn't really match up with what they got in return. I, I feel like that's where, where everyone was was kind of uh, on the same page there. Yeah, um, definitely... A trade that does not seem very fair in that way. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think Josh just didn't get full value and uh, definitely caused some some people to get upset about it. So, um, yeah, I can see why people would feel the way they feel. That for me, there's a precedence in this league that players like Miguel Cabrera and even like a Cole Hamels demand. Um, and I guess it really depends on how you value Marcelo Zuna in this league. Uh, but I think that just past precedence makes you wonder, um, you know, whether or not Josh got what he should have gotten for these guys. And it's always like we said, a fine line to, to toe here as to what a guy should have gotten compared to um, what he did got and what he wanted. Um, 
So, Shane, I know you probably have the most to say. Well, another thing about the trade is I'm pretty sure I talked with some people today. This also leaves the slump busters like $15 over the cap. Oh, really? Um, so I'm wondering if there wasn't someone else that could have been thrown into this deal to maybe even make it a little better for, for the Brave Boys perspective. Um, it's going to be interesting if, if the deal, I don't know if the deal goes through, if it doesn't, but I mean, it puts them way pretty much over the cap. I think I had it at 13. Someone told me it was even more. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they would have done with being that far over the cap. They would have had to get rid of some players. Um, I thought there could have been someone, maybe they could have threw someone else into the deal. Um, yeah, I know. For me, for me, it just wasn't enough value for the Brave Boys. I mean, I don't really think it was that close. Um, you, a guy like Miguel Cabrera, I feel like, could have commanded what they got back, and that's without Hamels and Ross and Vizcaino. I mean, that, that's kind of that's where I stood. Um, we're all open and entitled to have our opinion. I, I, I really didn't think it was that close of a deal. Yeah, and you know, obviously, if, you, if a trade gets objected... There's a good chance that the teams involved are going to rework it in some way, shape, or form. And I don't think that any of us are opposed to this being slightly reworked. Maybe Josh gets a prospect or two or a couple picks back. And then I think that this thing um, maybe flies through. Zach, Zach really makes out well here because he really trades Marcelo Zuna for... Adam Jones, Cole Hamels, and Erodis Viscano. I mean, he gives up Alex Gordon, too, but what what's Alex Gordon bringing to the table at this point on the disabled list? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, Kingdom Come was the uh, big winner here in this deal. I think the Slump Busters kind of maybe get a little better, um, just kind of even value there, and then, and then the Brave Boys... Uh, I think I think it answers the the age old question of we now know that that Zach is the dominant person in the relationship. Uh, <laughs> uh, Zach Zach gives it to Day a little more than than Day, the other way around. Day's not gonna be happy to hear like, that. Like like I've said all along. Like I've said all along. <laughs> so yeah, um, I was just gonna say. I mean, I can I can see. Um, obviously why Zach is upset. I mean, if you get that kind of value in a deal, um, you gotta be upset. But at the same time, um, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes and try and defend this as a fair trade. Um, you know, I, am not a person to veto deals, but, um, it's just, I just don't see it being fair. I just don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's obviously a, t- a touchy subject. Uh, anytime this many objections get get put forth on a deal, um, that's that's really what it comes down to for me. I mean, I I don't think it's anywhere close value for what was given up um, and what was received on some ends. We've seen a couple deals in the last four years. I know get close. I think when we talked about this earlier in the year, we had said that no deal has ever been vetoed in the league. There was one. There was one. In my remembering, just uh, I remember uh, there was a deal where Wainwright was going to ball and then back to Burkhart in the same deal, just at the end of the year, kind of a borrowed player situation. I remember that one got blown up a little bit. So um, that's the only one I can remember. Uh, I don't know if you recall any other, Shane. Um, I think way back in the beginning of the league, before I even had – like access to a computer, really. <laughs> um, I think one between me and Ball got vetoed, just because I thought that my I, I didn't know the correct values of my player um, as far as what they their salary was. Oh yeah, that's right. Was that the Trout deal? No, it was uh, Upton and Lester. I think if I can remember. Oh, uh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were both like in the high twenties or something, and I was I was just reading the, the spreadsheet wrong. Shame, Change we're, technology. Shame, we're still not sure if you have access to a computer or not. So, um, Kyle, you know, if you don't want to answer this, we don't want to put you on the spot. But since you're an officer, what's gonna, what do you, what's your best guess as to what happens here, and where do we go forward as a league from this? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, we've the officers we've been talking, uh, trying to come up with a solution. 
I think um, there were some different ideas thrown out there. Uh, the last idea thrown out was actually by myself. I don't know if it stuck with anyone. There wasn't really any response to it. Um, but I, I personally don't see any reason for any kind of revote or um, trying to draw it up again as is. Uh, I know there's some concern raised by Zach that maybe some people didn't understand the trade, that it was a three-way deal. Um, I know Bino agrees with that, being that there's different veto amounts on each deal. Um, so I, I would say if you are one of those people that maybe didn't understand it or didn't feel it, now's the time to speak because, um, you know, we got to get this thing figured out hopefully in a timely manner for everyone's sake that's in the deal. So yeah, I, I guess just, that's the next step is trying to figure out if anyone was confused. Yeah, I was just going to say, I guess that's where Zach kind of left it. To, if anyone was confused about whether or not this was a three-team deal or not to come forward, and no one's yet come forward. So my take would be that nobody was confused yet. But, I mean, obviously everybody needs a little bit, a little bit of time to respond. It's only been about 12 hours since Zach posted. So um, we'll see what happens. Any other any other thoughts on it? It also brought up a an interesting thing. I, I talked to someone earlier in the league earlier today. The fact that it was a three team deal, um, and there's only thirteen available votes. Does the seven number take effect then? Because usually, if it's a two team trade, eight's the number that we need that needs to be reached in order for a trade to be vetoed. Um, since it's only thirteen. Uh, does seven take over the precedence of, of what is needed to be a majority? Um, maybe you can touch on that, Kyle. Yeah, so as far as the Constitution is written up, I believe it says majority. So um, the talks with the uh, other officers is that the seven would overturn the deal. Um, I know the question was then raised too as well, you know, is that just a... Uh, rejection of the trade that was vetoed or all trades vetoed in it um, you know I think and I think most of us agree that it's one trade so you can't have the pieces separately apart um, unless they're re-agreed to later at this point I would I would say the whole deal is dead but that's my best guess that's never been confirmed all right, so I guess we'll see where things shake out tomorrow. Um, I'm assuming we'll get some formal ruling on this tomorrow. Like you said, you know, we want to get this resolved before the trade processes. Um, doesn't really look as if anyone's going to step up. Um, you know, we're willing to give our, our best guess and a little look into it here from our end. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. What, what what kind of does anyone know what other kind of offers Josh was receiving for Miggy that maybe might have some people upset about this? I don't even know that I made him a actual offer for Miggy, um, so I can't really touch on it from my end. Uh, I know you guys think I did, but <laughs> I I don't actually think I made him that I recall. I mean, I made him a bunch of offers in the past since he came out and said he was selling. I actually don't know that Miggy was in any of them. Um, yeah, I, I can only say that I reached out to him about his players, um, you know, told him that to make the money work, I'd be real, willing to get rid of Hayward in the deal. Um, and I guess he forgot that because once the trade was accepted, I said, hey, what happened? Um, and he had mentioned, too, that when I was asking about pitching in general, he said, there's really not going to be a lot of guys left if this deal goes through that I'm about to make. So, it seemed like he wasn't really ready to take an offer from me. Um, had his mindset on this, I guess. So, you know, maybe he really believes in Marcelo Zuna. Maybe he values him way more than we do. I don't know. Since, but, uh, since the objections came out, has anyone talked to Josh? I have. What's it, where, where's he stand? We know where Zach stands, obviously. Honestly, I, I don't know if I want to throw him under the bus on what he said. All right. It wasn't anything shady or anything like that, but uh, if he wanted to come clear with it, I'm, I'm sure he would. I no, guess. that's I fine. Know. I just didn't know if he was – we obviously know I think that Zach's upset 
Um, I didn't know if Josh was that upset or if he's... I mean, obviously, Josh is going to get something for his players, no matter what, so... Uh, yeah, I don't think that was his tone, at least. Okay. I can say that. Uh, I did lie. I did make him a Mickey offer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was other stuff involved in it. Um, you didn't lie. You misremembered. <laughs> um, I basically threw him two of my top prospects um, and Castellanos. All right. Well, you know, we'll just wait to see what happens, I guess. We'll wait to get a ruling from the officers. Um, you know, we've kind of said in the past that Andy tends to be the voice of reason in the league, and we <laughs> haven't heard from Andy uh, formally yet, or at least publicly. So, you know, maybe he'll have something to add for all this. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I know Bino uh, plans to make some form of uh, comment or announcement in the morning. So I'm curious what that'll be. All right. We'll look forward to hearing that. I know, um, you know, Bino probably has the best feel of the Constitution of anybody in the league. He's usually one to remember league history and facts and rules and all that stuff. And um, I'm sure he'll have something um, for all of us to at least chew on. Um, when, what are the odds his uh, comment is sponsored by Gorilla Glue? <laughs> uh, good odds. Very good odds. All right, let's look at the weekly scores uh, here in week 11. Um, right now, Shane, you're taking it to Zach. Um, Jordan is taking it to you, Kyle. And Day is hitting the snot out of, or not Day, sorry. Caleb is hitting the snot out of the ball against me. Uh, my pitching's keeping it respective, but uh, for the most part, I'm getting smacked around too. Um, Adam... Take in Tom and the unknown Malloy boys to uh, to work here, and then Cody. Cody's winning. Uh, <laughs> Make sure you get Cody. Yeah, got to get Cody in here. Cody's beating up on on sure. Frank beating up on Burkhart. Um, Bino's team having a great week against Billy. When's the last time? I mean, I talked to Billy a little bit today, but <laughs> like Billy's just. Riding this season out, man. He's just happy with what he's got, and his team's doing really well. And there's not a lot of tinkering that he needs to do, I think. Uh, we, we see this a lot from Bill. Um, he kind of rides it out for as long as he can. I'm sure he'll make one one or two moves right before the deadline. He usually does. And uh, I think he knows that he has a team that that can pretty much match up with, with just about anyone in the league right now. Yeah. Um, so there's really not much that he has to do. Um, at this moment, so his team's pretty good right right now as we speak. Um, I'm sure he'll make a move or two right before the deadline, and and he'll be ready to go for the playoffs. Yeah, I hate to switch gears real quick, but I have to give another shout out real quick. Are you guys aware that there's a pitcher in the league who currently has a 2.09 ERA, a 1.13 WHIP, 70 strikeouts in 82 innings, at the age of 31, and is a slump buster? Is it Stephen Wright? It is. Just wanted to make sure that everyone is aware that Stephen Wright continues to be good. Yeah, he's awesome, man. Knuckleballers are so predictive, and he's going to be great the rest of the year. And then finally, Andy's taking care of uh, Josh. But, yeah, going back to Billy's team, um, I guess his biggest acquisition would be um, Giancarlo Stanton acquiring his pulse again. That would probably be the best thing for uh, for Billy's team. Yeah, if he can, get, if Stan can get it going, I mean, Billy's team's already tough enough the way it is, just having Trout and, and Cargo, and I mean, Upton's kind of been a little better lately, and then you add it to, to Bogarts, Correa, and the list goes on and on. Uh, just a real solid team. All right, let's take a look at the standings where everybody stands right now. Um, all three of us on top of our divisions. You guys both have better records than me. Kyle, you have the best record in the league. The 91 wins. Um, pretty sizable lead on everyone behind you in your division, too. Um, you've really taken care of it in divisional play, going 49-17 and 17 so far. Um, after that, we have Billy at 87-44. and 44, And right behind him, Cody at 86-46, and 46, just a game and a half back. And then uh, 
Shane, you have the third best record in the league at 88 and 47, 10 games up on uh, Kingdom Come. So this would be a big week for you if you were able to get um, some spread against you between you and Zach. Yeah, this is this is a huge week. Obviously, um, able to get some separation right now in the division. But if I can put up put up a big win this week, um, separate myself even further from from the two good teams behind me. Um, be definitely huge for our, for our chances of winning the division. Um, I still expect it to be a three team race. All three teams are pretty good. Um, I think I, I've had a little bit of luck in the schedule the last couple weeks that have enabled me to pile up some wins. Um, I think I had 24 the past two weeks. So um, anytime you can get a big total like that bunched up, um, it's going to show in the standings. Well, you knew that you needed to have two good weeks because you have a tough stretch of it coming up here. Yeah, I mean, I, I the rest of the way, the last whatever it is, nine weeks, uh, eight weeks, I face nothing but pretty much teams that are in the playoffs right now or just on the outside. So um, I, I don't really play any of the teams anymore. I've played all of the teams that have said they're, sell, they're selling for the season. So I'm going to be pretty much all contenders from, from here on out. So it's going to be a tough stretch. Hey, Kaz, um, since I've been staring the pot a little bit tonight, I was curious, where would you rank if you got those five wins back? Um, I would be 89 and 45. So better than I, Shane, right? Yeah, I'd have a better record than Shane. You would have the second best record in the league. Yeah, that's all right. Um, I, I've reconciled <laughs> with that now at this point. I even forgot that I would normally bring it up. Um, I'm trying to take it easy on Zach because I know he's not having the best day. So, yeah. It's all right. It's fine. I'm over it. I'm playing Caleb this week, who obviously was the uh, the person, the benefactor of the <laughs> snafu earlier in the season. And don't look now, but his team's coming, man. His team is really putting it together. He's doing a really nice job streaming pitchers. Um, they're not having a great week against me this week, but his offense is just ho-hum, man. He's got a lot of good players on offense. Yeah, not not more than, what, two weeks ago, a week ago or so. We all uh, were kind of writing them off, and now they've put together a, bu- a couple good weeks in a row, and they're right back in the thick of it. I think they're only, I want to say, like six games, five, six games out of the playoffs as we speak. Um, we saw some major shifts last week. Uh, some teams that were in the playoffs got beat up and came, sort of came back to the pack, and, and now bunched it up even more with that from 7 to 11, 7 to, 7 to 11 area. Yeah, it's real tight in that. Uh, it's real tight after the top six or so. Um, a couple of those teams jammed into that pack are the Kemper brothers. Uh, I want to take a, a closer look at their teams tonight. I think Jordan's one team that we haven't talked much about at all um, on the podcast. And to me, we're going to talk about him first. Jordan Revolution is a fascinating team. Um, and the reason I say that is when you pull up his team page, um, when you look at his guys' season-long numbers, the the counting stats are just, they blow you away. They're really impressive. Um, you know, he's got 17 homers from Chris Carter, 19 from Todd Frazier, um, 15 from Chris Davis. He's got nine homers from his catcher, <coughs> 11 from Danny Espinosa, 10 from Scope. Eduardo Nunez, we talked about him. He's been great. Um just guys putting together monster power seasons. But when you go to the standings, um, his team's third in the division and um, right at 500, 67, 67, and 6. When you look at Jordan's pitching, um, you know, you got Chris Sale, obviously, outstanding arm um just picks up sean kelly who i unfortunately dropped like a day or two too soon before i found out papelbon got hurt um you know Tehran's having a great season for him felix is on the dl so that definitely hurts and maybe that's where this team's um really missing here is is the pitching side um doesn't really have a lot at the closer position brad ziggler is his only real closer, and Kelly will be for the interim while Papelbon's out. Um, but every time I look at Jordan's team, uh, the reason I wanted to talk about him tonight is I just feel like he should be way better than 67, 67, and 6, and I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that as well. 
Well, when you look at it really closely, he obviously he probably has the best power in the league. He leads the league in home runs, actually by a pretty sizable margin. I think he's up to like ten on the next closest team, but he's pretty much near the the worst team in the league on batting average and on base. <laughs> so it leads me to believe that he gets on some streaks where his team gets really hot, and teams where streaks where they get they get pretty cold. So I think consistency is is kind of where they've been lacking so far this year because. He's put up some monster weeks offensively, but he's had some weeks where he just he's not competitive, and those weeks have come back to kill him. And also, he's he's been a little bit unlucky. I think he's run into some some buzzsaws from some teams, um, and obviously that's something you can't really account for. I mean, sometimes you get the luck of the draw. You have a good week, and you play someone that has the best week in the league, and you you, you lose ten games. Sometimes you you have a bad week, and you play someone that also has a bad week, and you win ten. So. Um, you can't really account for those things. It happens. You hope that it evens out over the course of the season, but so far to this point, it really it hasn't for him. Yeah, um, you know, when I looked at his team at the beginning of the year, I got to be honest, I wasn't really concerned by any means, um, just that he would compete in the division. And uh, he put together a pretty decent squad that's obviously – um, been able to do some things. So, um, you know, when you take a look at the names he has, um, it's not really much to be too excited about. But when you take a closer look, like you guys said, and look at the production, um, he's got a very competitive team. And so uh, just excited that there's another team out there in the division that, you know, i got to be watching. Yeah, I think when you when – you wake up on Monday morning and see who you're playing that week and if you're going up against Jordan Revolution I think the one thing that is pretty clear is you're going to have to have a good week to beat him you're not for the most part I don't think you're going to get lucky yeah the ratios he may struggle in on both the pitching and hitting side but you know you're going to need to put up some counting numbers um you know the home runs we talked about how he leads the league in home runs by what you think Shane is a sizable margin well, the home runs, drives, RBIs, and runs, it's no secret that we're all chasing power. And it's obviously a bonus if you have more of it than everybody else. Um, I don't know if it's guys having career first halves. I mean, some of these guys, Chris Carter, Todd Frazier, Chris Davis, they're three of the streakiest hitters. They can go stone cold um, for a couple weeks. But, you know, if he's having these guys when, when they're hot then, you know, you could run into some issues against Jordan. So I wanted to just take a little closer look at his team because just where he's at in the standings, um, we haven't talked about him a ton, but I feel like there there's a, a sneaky good team here and one that I know us three wouldn't necessarily want to meet up against in the playoffs, especially in a two-week in a two week format. I think in a two-week format, he could really do some damage for you on the offensive side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh... Certainly not a team that you want to see at the end of the year if, if they can get in. Um, it's easy to forget, but Jordan ran away with this league last year in the regular season. Yeah. Um, he absolutely dominated everyone. I, I think he won the regular season by double digits, if I, if I remember correctly. I think so. Um, so it's obviously a lot, a lot of the same players. I mean, obviously a, a pretty good core coming back, and they've proven that, that, that he's got a pretty good team there. And they get hot, they're, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with down the stretch. What do you guys think Jordan's missing what, what, on the trade? We're obviously talking trades a lot this time of year. I think he probably needs to add a closer and a starting pitcher. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's on the pitching end for him. Um, that's where he needs to he'd be looking. He needs to add some something there as far as pitching depth, um, a little help in the bullpen. But if he can, if he can add another starting pitcher, maybe a top-end guy and – yeah, some 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 bullpen help. Maybe a sneaky tough team. Yeah, uh, you know we talked about the counting numbers on offense, and maybe that's why he he's only hovering around five hundred. That's only good for about five wins on the offensive side. You still have to put together um, some numbers on the on the pitching side, and the counting numbers wins he doesn't have a ton of saves doesn't have a ton of, and maybe that's maybe that's what's hurting, and maybe that's why he's sitting at five hundred right now. All right, his brother, Adam, um, Adam is ahead of Jordan in the standings by four games. Adam, 67, 59, and 14. We've talked 
I think quite a bit about Adam's team on the podcast and how much we like uh, the core of his team. But as I look at it here in the last couple days, and I've been looking at everybody's team a little closer here as I'm trying to maneuver some some moves for my own team, you know, Hunter Pence in the DL really hurts him, and so does Lucas Duda on the DL. Those are two players that I think were big pieces of Adam's offense um, that I think are really hurting his chance to uh, to have enough to make a run in the playoffs, but even necessarily to make the playoffs. Um, he's really kind of fallen off as of late, but I still think that he's a legit contender in the league. What do you guys think about Adam's team, and does he have enough to get in? And if he does have enough to get in, does he have enough to make a run? Um, at the current moment, I don't think he has enough to make a run if he gets in, but I think he has enough to get in. Um, I think he's still lagging behind some of the, the top teams in the league. I think the Stallions showed last week that, that they're a better team at the moment than, than the Fanatics, especially in that division. Um, they need some power as well. Uh, only 77 home runs this year. Um, really trailing a lot of the contending teams in the power department. Um, not, that, not that everyone else isn't searching for it. Um, obviously, it's probably the number one commodity that we're all looking for. Um, but, yeah, they got to put up some power numbers if they want to compete. Yeah, um, I feel like I just continue to be Adam's biggest fan on the podcast. Um, I'll disagree with one thing Shane said that um, just when he mentioned that I proved to be the better team this past week. I mean, I did beat him nine, whatever, three, I think, something like that. However, you know, a lot of those categories were really close. Um, he, he took a couple on the last day, and there was a chance that he could have taken a few more. Um so, you know, those, those wins were a little deceiving, I think. Um, you know, if he plays me a little closer this past week, uh, the gap's a little smaller, and, you know, we're still talking about him being right in my rear view. So I think there's still a lot of time, and I'll continue to be concerned about uh, the Fanatics. Yeah, I think when you look closely at Adam's team, Trace Thompson's been huge for him. Um, you know, getting a nice bounce back season from Joe Maurer has been nice as well. But he really, there's two guys on this team that he needs to pick it up and pick it up quickly. And in my opinion, that's Adrian Gonzalez and Hanley Ramirez, especially with Pence and Duda out. Um, Agon, the $41 price tag, he's not getting anywhere close to that production from him. And, you know, Gonzalez has, is a guy that's been a, a quick starter usually and he's usually one of the better players in the league at this point in the season and it's not the case this year and he's really been the model of consistency you can always really count on him for like a 270 average 280 average mid mid to high 20s home runs and a good RBI total um and it's just not there right now and I think maybe we were all wondering when Gonzalez would fall off and unfortunately for Adam it looks like that might be this season yeah Gonzalez has, has clearly killed him anytime you pay that big money for a player and they don't produce, it, it hurts your chances. Um, I know I went through it a couple of years ago with David Wright. Um, I bought into the Wright and I paid him big money and he didn't do anything for me and my team struggled for it. Um, along with... Uh, Will and Rosario. <laughs> Will and Rosario. Um, so anytime you pay big money for a couple guys in the draft and they don't produce, um, obviously it's going to hurt your chances. Um, I think Adam Adam also needs uh, a little bit of pitching help. I think. Um, obviously, Bumgarner's been great. He's been outstanding. When I looked at his numbers today, I had no idea how good Bumgarner's been this year because he scuffled a little bit to start the year. Yeah, for obviously, I mean, Kershaw's been the runaway, but Bumgarner's pretty much on his heels in the in the Cy Young chase, along with. Uh, Fernandez, so Johnny Cueto too, and Johnny, Johnny Cueto's <laughs> right in there. So it's a pretty pretty entertaining race in the NL for for Cy Young. I mean, obviously, I mean, Strasburg as well. Um, bunch of guys up there at the top. I mean, Kershaw's obviously in the lead, but but yeah, Bumgarner has been terrific. I think he needs a little more depth there, though. Um, not a whole lot to be excited about with the rest of his his pitching staff, as far as I mean. You look at his number two so far; it's probably been. Jordan Zimmerman or Jake I mean, Odorizzi. Yeah, Jordan Zimmerman probably. And then after that, I mean, Colby Lewis has been pretty decent. But I think I think he needs to add a little bit there. Um, 
probably needs a little bit of bullpen help as well. Um, only one closer on the roster, so. Yeah, I mean, he has uh, Urias and Glass now coming up here. Um, so, I mean, that's at least something to be excited about. You never know how they're going to do. At least Urias looked good in his last start, so. Yeah, he's um, been decent in his last two starts. You wonder when that when the the pitch count is on him, though, so we'll see. Yeah. Speaking of Johnny Cueto, I have to talk about the other piece of that deal that I got, Gerardo Parra. Did anybody watch that play last night? I heard about it. I did not see it. He was camped under this ball in left field, and Story came diving into his his ankle. And it's only a sprained ankle, um, but he's going to miss some time, and I'm really bummed about that. So um, just me venting about that situation. All right, um, Adam's team, not really much else to talk about. He needs guys like Gaussman to pick it up. He's probably in the same situation as his brother in the sense that he probably needs to add a closer here and maybe another starting pitcher and just hope that Pence and Duda come back um, and play well when they come back. So I think to answer my own question, I think Adam, like you said, has enough to make the playoffs, but he's got to add a couple pieces here to compete with uh, teams like Kyle and Billy. So, yeah, definitely. All right. Anything else um, you guys want to talk about in the league tonight before we kind of put a, a bow on this thing? I didn't really have anything else. Um, I thought it was really interesting. It feels like the last couple of weeks there's been a lot of lopsided matchups. Um, I don't know if there's much to to go on there as far as the reasoning behind it, but it seemed like last week there was. I think there was like six or seven matchups where the team had double-digit wins, um, which is usually un- uncommon in our league. Um, usually you see a lot of 7-6, 8-5 matchups um, throughout the league, but it just seems like the last couple there's there's been a lot of blowouts. Well, this is the last week of divisional play, um, so I think you know there's a clear team in each division that has kind of marked themselves as a seller. So I think in that sense, none of those teams have played each other the last two weeks. So I think that's definitely helped. But yeah, I agree. I've seen more lopsided scores this year um, than any year in the past, I think. Yeah, I think the telling thing is there's a huge separation between teams that are at the top of the divisions and teams that are at the bottom. Um, Just looking at the standings here, in our division, there's a 49-game gap. In the Ripken division, there's a 57 and a half game gap. Um, the Edmonds division, there's 37 and a half, so it's a little closer. And then 53 and a half in the Griffey. So I mean, the, the gap between the top team and the bottom team is, is a lot wider, I think, than I remember in past years. Um, I, I I know it gets wide by the end of the season. It's naturally going to happen when you have teams that are selling. Um, but I just feel like that gap's widening a little bit. Yeah, the only thing I have to add on a different topic, um, do you guys, I'm assuming you guys do read the player news, um, both yours and the other player news? Yeah. You guys see those often? Yeah. yeah. So I just came across one that is just confusing to me. Um, sometimes they don't make a ton of sense, um, but it says Eduardo Rodriguez, and then it says, is focusing on focus. Is that like <laughs> needing credit to get credit? I mean... <laughs> I just, I don't understand that concept. I just thought that was interesting. Would it have been better if they had said concentrating on focus? I don't know. That's really it's the just, same it's thing. It's a strange thing to say. Is, you was work there, on focus. Was there, was there anything else to add to that, or that's just... No, that was it. I just thought that was a strange way to say that. Stein. What does that mean to focus on focus? I was Stein, is he still on your team? He is still on my team. Um, Let's read this. He's not yeah. good, but he's on my team. Eduardo Rodriguez focusing on focus. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a, something that I came across. I thought it was kind of interesting. Were you looking? I don't know. Were you looking to trade for him or something? No, he just came up in the player news. He's about two screens worth down. Who are you looking to trade? To trade or trade for? Both. Um. Hayward's still on your team. What's that? Hayward's still on your team. 
I know, that is a surprise. I thought you were going to trade for him. I'm interested. You didn't make me an offer. Yeah, why would I? You said you didn't see anything that made sense. And you said you would take a look. I did take a look. And I guess you didn't see anything either then, so. Well, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Played in the fifth, huh? Always played in the fifth. It's my new shtick. Everybody needs a shtick. I'm just going to play the fifth always. You are forever just sitting on the fence, never picking a side. <laughs> That's me. That's why everybody loves you, Kyle. That's why you can make these great deals on draft day. I'm a third party. All right, this wraps up uh, the Week 11 podcast. Looking forward to getting some news on what's going on um, with the latest transaction in the league. Uh, Hopefully, we can get a resolution on it and we can all move forward. And uh, hopefully, you know, these three parties, if the trade gets canned, hopefully they can work something out because... You hate to see you hate to see somebody miss out on a deal entirely. Um, just maybe it needs to be reworked between the parties. So we'll see what happens. Uh, looking forward to Bino's comments in the morning. I know I'll be leaving my house around quarter of seven, and definitely expecting a ding for an email uh, <laughs> on the way in. So um, yeah, looking forward to it, and obviously hoping some more trades come through here in the league. It's always an exciting time here with a month and a half left uh, till the trade deadline. So signing off for Red Triangle Sports, find us on Twitter at Red Triangle 23 and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, rate, review, and uh, let us know what you guys think for Kyle Stramara and Shane Stein. I'm Matt Kozlowski. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight, and we'll talk to you guys next week.